Welcome back to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast series, World Carbon Back. But before we get started in today's show, I can do a shout out to the location that I record from, Campfire Studios, a studio in the central part of Auckland. It's an amazing place to do these podcasts, as you see, on a week-to-week basis or to me every sort of fortnight or so. Um, and it's not just a studio where you can produce podcasts and everything else, but it's also they're trying to build a community of bringing people together to have their message shared out to the world. Um, and it's such an ease to pretty much walk in and do it straight from um, Campfire Studio. So a big shout-out to them in the central part of Auckland. But shout over to my guest today, Guy Willis from Right Mate, um, New Zealand. Um, Guy, you I met you last year at the charity event that I was helped launch myself and another guy um, from Hendo's Hot Topics, the yep. 538 event. Um, you know, your journey with Right Mate about you started covering this journey of um, going away from the booze yep. or stepping away from the booze and the culture behind that and wanted to sort of journey yourself um, see the journey through it uh, as you're journeying across Instagram. Yeah. And then also saw the sort of the impact of removing the booze, but also the mental health side that comes yeah. with it as well. So, uh, Guy, um, thanks for coming to the show. No problem. No, love it. Thank you very much for having me here. Now, that's awesome. And also just to say that you you work in the construction industry. Yeah. Uh, you said to me you're a dog man. I had to actually do a research <laughs> on what a dog man was. Um, and I can I understand it in the construction industry, one of those big fields within New Zealand itself uniquely that – Unfortunately, has a very big drinking culture yeah. behind that. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to start off just a bit about your story. You know, you said that you started right, uh, right, ma- uh, right, mate, about you know giving up the booze. But I'd love to know your story and what your thoughts and why you felt almost that need. Yeah, it was. Well, it was something that I knew had been on the card for a while, for years, mm-hmm. in fact, and. I'd grown up with a big rugby culture yep. around me in the UK, and obviously that kind of comes hand in hand with drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but from that, I ended up suppressing a lot of feelings, thoughts, a lot of things yep. in general. Um, and I, yeah, I, I ended up coming over here, had a few issues back in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I was big into my drugs. I was mm-hmm. big drinker, all that kind of side of things. Went to run away from my problems. Yep. Uh which meant coming to New Zealand, <laughs> coming to the other side of the world. Uh, and it was, yeah, it didn't change because I was still doing the same things. Yeah. And then I got to a point, one thing after another, I met a new partner, mm-hmm. but the this, the problems were still there yeah. and still reoccurring. Um, and then after one big argument near my birthday, I was like, right, I need to do something about mm-hmm. this. How or Basically, how long am I going to keep do, going down this road and hurting myself, but also people around me? Yeah. So uh, I decided at that point to get myself to the AA. Mm-hmm. I then um, went to counselling as well. I did it all. Everything that you can think <laughs> yeah. of towards mental health, towards getting yourself sorted, I did it because yep. it was important to me. Um, and in the process of doing that, I thought, right, how can I make, cause I was how I see myself as a lad's lad kind mm-hmm. of thing. And there was nothing that I initially saw that was out there that could help me. Yep. Uh, and I thought, right, okay, I'm going to journal this mm-hmm. slightly and just kind of do videos and bit of help and tools, but also more for myself mm-hmm. because I accountability pretty much completely. Uh, and because there'd been many times before where I was like, oh, I'm going to give up drinking and then never did yeah. and met up with the lads and all that business. Uh, and yeah, it just kept me honest. Mm-hmm. And also it was a, I was never great at journaling and writing things down. 
So doing videos and being able to relook at some of those things meant that I could um, develop and also see the progress I was making, that it was worth something along the way. And then, yeah, and then Right Mate kind of was was birthed. And uh, it was great. It's It's been really good. I've had a lot of support on there. I've, and more importantly, I think I've been able to help a few other people mm-hmm. out who didn't think that there was that kind of support there as well. Awesome. So you sober at the moment? Yes, yes. How uh, long? Six months. Just, six months. Yeah, just done six months now. I'd originally done a year. Yep. Uh, and then I went back to the UK first time in four years, and I was like, okay, I'm going to test the water out here mm-hmm. a bit. Um, I've done my year. I feel pretty good. Let's give it a go. I did three weeks, and there was no particular issues. It mm-hmm. wasn't like I suddenly became like the Tasmanian devil and started <laughs> like running about everywhere and punching people and getting into fights or anything like that. But I... I could just see the wheels coming off very, very slowly. Yeah. The, some cogs just stopped turning as well as they were. I was tired. I was lethargic all the time. I was getting snappier with my partner. Mm-hmm. I was, And I was just like, I don't like this guy. Yeah. And I um, did three weeks and I was like, right, bollocks to this. I'm getting sober again. And that's what I did. And it's, don't get me wrong, it's been a lot easier this time around because mm-hmm. I've been able to look at what to keep an eye on and what to and feelings that come up from that and stuff like that and a lot it's a lot easier to manage because i've gained those tools from before Mm -hmm. basically so yeah but six months sober now and happy as larry so So the first so the so the first time you went it was a year that you said right from the from the realization everything else and you said i came off a a trigger point of that big argument Mm. can you you can remember that point quite vividly yeah i is for the actual time not that well because yeah. I was really drunk. Yeah. But the but the the the, the yeah. ink and that memory of yeah. itself. The next day I woke up. My partner had left the house, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Big argument, uh, and I remember just being sat on a sofa, um, half naked, in tears, and I just felt lost, but also like what is the point in this mm-hmm. what am i what is alcohol bringing to my life apart from misery and this kind of falsehood of being Bravado. so yeah Bravado, completely right? and it's something that i have now really kind of focused on is that kind of ego side of mm-hmm. things that especially in men uh because we don't talk about our feelings yeah. and all that business and i think it's something where i if we can initially get it earlier on yep. and know what to look out for that's something that that in the long run i could benefit from so yeah um totally uh, something a lot of people don't realize about me is i went five years sober um i went five years sober from the age of 21 so from like peak yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. um yeah similar culture i grew up uh, around the rapi culture uh, um i was pretty decent in my teens rep level um brought up in that into club scene um, I went at as 18, as soon as I was 18, because I've always been a quite a large uh, guy. I straight away went into the nightclub scene um, by 18. Six months later, I was running nightclubs and bars in South Africa. So yeah. I had unlimited amount of booze. I joke, I remember when we used to start our shift, My the owner of the nightclub would start us off at 8 o'clock at night with five tequilas <laughs> per person. <laughs> 
just so as a warm-up. Yeah, as a warm-up. You go, there's your five particulars, let's go. And that would put you in the range just to get yourself off edge and chill. Yeah. And that's how we started. And I was doing that four to five nights a week. And that was just the start of the night. And I was going to four, five o'clock in the morning, sometimes even six, and still going, or supposedly yeah. going into university, you know, a few <laughs> hours later. But that that was literally my life uh, for 12, 18 months, two years. And it was just going there and it was unlimited um, when I was working, it was free booze as well. So it's like, hey, I'm 18, don't have to pay for it, or 19, I don't have to pay for it, it's just there. Yeah. And and then it got to a, a crazy point. And why I asked why I asked you if you can remember that that memory is due to my injuries, I can't even remember what I usually have for breakfast, but I can remember the exact moment where I realized I had a drinking problem. Um unbeknownst to myself at that stage, I was close to consuming a bottle of vodka a day, just mm. part of day-to-day life. You know, um, drinking a neat um, and fully functional, no issues. But where I realized the exact problem was I went with um, my family a very early morning um, in a place um, in Edward Street, Durbanville in Cape Town. There's, um, there's a whole row of restaurants and clubs. And then there was this um, like sort of Italian chain called Premi, Premi Piatti and they did breakfast. And we were, ended up there and it could have been like 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning, sat down. Like I said, I can remember this vividly. <laughs> Waiter comes over and goes, okay, guys, uh, what can I get you guys for drinks? Like, what do you want to drink? And it's, remember, it's 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning. And the first person's like, oh, can I get a coffee? Coffee, can I get an orange juice, can I apple juice? And I'm like, can I get a double vodka on the rocks neat? <laughs> yeah. And something just clicked and I went, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa what's going on Yeah, It's like 8 o'clock in the morning and I've just ordered a double vodka rocks and it's a South African double, so it's like it's right. double, double, double. Yeah, yeah, it's a double double. It's a, it's a double double of New Zealand's actual standards. It, it is legit, uh, legitimately a double double. Um, and I sat there and went, "Hold on, this 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 isn't the case. This this shouldn't be like this. I shouldn't that shouldn't feel normal to me." Um, and then I made the decision right there and said, "No, that that's enough. I need to get away from this relationship with with alcohol and so forth." And straight away the, the next day, I was like, "Cool, I'm sober." Um, and I went, I went five years, not a drop. Mm. And in the beginning, one of the things I would like to know your, see your thoughts was in the beginning, the hardest thing wasn't necessarily giving up the alcohol, the give the biggest thing, the challenges was the social pressure and the social situations. Yeah. You're right. Cause I ran, I worked in nightclubs. Yeah. I ran in the scene that was driven Fire. by money and alcohol. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And now I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to touch that. Yeah. Um, so that whole you know, it took two, three years or so, but to the point where everyone in my circle understood it. So I automatically became the sober driver, and usually I still yeah. am now. Yeah. But I would love to know your thoughts of when you made that, how was that of a challenge in the beginning of not just giving up the alcohol, but everyone else going, oh, no, guy, it's fine, man. Like, you'll be all right, just have one. Yeah, it's interesting because I was still playing rugby at the time, so obviously rugby's got a... It was just, culture. yeah, it is just completely. And it meant just that if I was to continue with that sport, it would have been, and it was, it was different as well. I was the kind of the same. I wasn't mm. like, I need, I need alcohol. It was mm. more the social aspect I needed. Yep. And that whole kind of, and it was funny when you look around, everybody's in the same boat as you. It's just mm-hmm. that some people acknowledge it and some people don't That's a little correct. bit. And, um, but I was quite lucky. The group of friends that I initially had, I'd, kind of already taken a step away from mm-hmm. a little bit. So it was a bit easier in that sense. And the other friends that I've got were very supportive of it. And, 
knew it was the right thing for me. But because you were a total hooligan, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. It was. It was. I was that dickhead. Yeah, I was the one that you'd see on a night out, and you go, "Fuck it, look at that fella over there." Mm-hmm. That was me. I was dancing on tables, smashing stuff, getting up to a, a, a typical, a typical uh, a British bloke, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Not to be stereotypical, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I was. I was uh, what you see on the news at football games. <laughs> yeah. That was me. Yeah, that was one of you, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't as hard, but I completely get it. Socially, it is. It's a fear, and it's... Um, I think when you give up booze, you're doing what's right for you rather mm-hmm. than what's right for everybody else. And that might not fit the remit for everybody else. And that's the tough part of it is because you'll have gone into a social circle, which that is the point of yep. the social circle, Sadly. is to go out on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, break I, it, that fear of judgment and the whole alcoholic mm-hmm. kind of thing being put on me. Because I've never been a fan of that, yep. of being called an, an alcoholic or anything like that. I've always found that I alcohol was the problem. I wasn't my. It's hard to explain. Alcohol wasn't the problem. I was. That was the issue. So I wasn't, and that's where I had to do go you, deeper. Do you, I, want, I want to go down there. Yeah. Okay. I want to, cool. Let's let's go down that chain. Yeah, we'll yeah. come. We'll come back to the rest of it. Do you do you truly believe that though? Um. Yeah. Because if you were the problem, you would still be a hooligan. Yeah, no, I think um, I masked so much stuff with alcohol and just let the ego side of myself run loose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of down to, I've got a big thing, especially on my page where I'm saying, fuck your ego. And I don't initially mean just get rid of your ego. <laughs> yeah. That's it. We all need a bit of ego. But what it is, it's about training that ego so that it's not you're not run by it. Yep, and uh, that was... The issue I had, I was completely run by my ego and an ego that was a falsehood really because it was what I thought I was. I thought I was Mr. The Joker of the pack, mm-hmm. the fun one and everything. And actually when it boils down to it, I was more of the dickhead in the group and a bit of the liability. Um, so yeah, I th- alcohol was just a great drug to use to let me run wild and not care about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I obviously acknowledged that and was like, no, I'm, I'm the one with the issues. Alcohol mm-hmm. hasn't got, there's things that come with alcohol. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like go be a surfer going into the sea mm-hmm. and not respecting the sea. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter how many years you've been surfing, there's still a possibility of losing your life. So, and you've got to do that with booze. You've got to respect the booze. Yeah. Otherwise it will fuck you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what it did with me. And it, once I could stop it, and that's why I'm I'm not saying alcohol's the worst thing in the world or mm-hmm. anything like that. If you want to drink, you drink. But for me in particular, I had a lot of shit I needed to deal with, mm-hmm. and alcohol wasn't part like wasn't making any of those things easier. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it's so insightful there because it's you know there's there's two sides of it. Is the full like uh, to me, I would say I became. Um, I won't use. I won't say I'm, I was an alcoholic, but f- I fully was. Like mm. I was consuming a bottle of vodka a day, having no issues. I could drink. I drink way mm. more than that. 
um, and it was a normal part of it, but I also craved it. Yeah. Uh, um, so that's where it was a little bit more like I wanted it. And I would take the vodka over water. Yeah. Uh, and, that's just, and that's just sort of the, the, the difference I got myself into. Um, and the interesting part was, because I'd gone five years, it's quite a large stint, it also reinforced the, that whole side of, hey, I've survived five years now. And I, and I didn't need it. Yeah. And and it reprogrammed the mind that, hey, I could be social without it. I could interact without it. In the beginning, it took a while to like blossom mm. um, and be active and feel comfortable in the situations. Because I know a lot of it, I know, I know a lot of people, and I know yourself included, struggle with social anxiety, mm-hmm. right? Um, the anxiety of being in groups around people, the anxiety of, hey, how can I be, how can I fit in? Yeah. Um, a lot of us, everyone in the world, um, and in the society we live today is we with with these devices and social yeah, yeah. media in our face, we really struggle with, hey, how do I fit in or how do I look cool? So we, we know we can consume the alcohol. Yeah. And for me going through for quite a long time, I could realize, hey, I didn't need that. I, I got the reinforcement over time that I'll be all right. That's yeah. okay. I can hang out. I can have a good time. I can go and be stone so sober. Um, and what happens is I might just be, I might just be a bit flatter early in the evening because I don't have the bravado of the alcohol in my system. So I might get like eleven thirty or twelve o'clock, and I'm like, "Cool, I'm done." And everyone yeah. else still wants to rage till two o'clock. <laughs> but I realized that I could still be the fun personality I wanted to without it. So I lost that whole full control over yeah. me. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's funny you saying about an alcoholic. Cause to me, I. I struggle with what is the definition of an alcoholic. You're saying about the uh, that crave, and I agree with you. I was exactly the same. I crave it, but I I find it very hard to find people who don't crave booze any, anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not most people from, and it doesn't have to be rugby mm-hmm. or does it? But people work towards the weekend because they're craving that escapism yep. from the release, right? Yeah, completely. So that's that's where I struggle with the definition of it. Do you think it's because we've built up such a mission? Is it because we've built up such a point in culturally we have mm. in in, in, a, in a full generation? We brought it up that I go to work the whole week or the whole day, depending on how your time mm. frame is. And the mo- the moment that I'm switched off is the moment I sit down with a beer or a wine. Yeah, is that the cultural thing that you know the every every ad that we've been fed since the nineties? I can remember as a kid. You know, was the the dad sitting on the couch and going, "Cool, I'm going to relax. I'm going to watch the footy, yeah. right? Where well, I'm going to watch the union, or I'm going to watch the uh, the football." That was the culture. Or yeah. the the other really weird one was um, the the mom at home re- relaxing and having the wine. Yeah. And I wonder if that's that whole cultural thing of I can switch off when I do this action. Yeah, and completely, and it's taught to it's taught to us through these adverts completely, and the fact that that's. That's how you unwind. Mm-hmm. They don't say, right, you don't see adverts on TV going, right, okay, do a bit of breath work. Yeah. Do, do uh, go and do some <laughs> yoga. yoga right? yeah, 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 exactly. Go and have an ice bath or something like that. It's all about, right, what you get, what, it's a great marketing. Yeah. It's fantastic marketing, but that's, that's it. I remember as a kid, the Budweiser advert on mm-hmm. TV and it'd be like, what's that? <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and, There's the middle nineties, right? Yeah. And I remember everybody used screen. to do that. I was at school doing that. Yeah. So that's how, that's how bad it is, yeah. but that's how well marketed it is as well. That There's children in playgrounds, round schools, mm-hmm. doing things from adverts. So there's, they're all, we're already built towards that that's what we're going to do for escapism, yeah. for fun, I think is another one, mm-hmm. and for joy. Um, 
especially when it's kind of plugged to us as well that uh you're very lucky if you find a job that you love mm-hmm. do you know what i mean as well so i think if you if you're in a job that's not what you particularly want mm-hmm. to do and you're yeah it's the quickest it's the quickest way of escape sir and what's what's your thoughts with you know coming on you know there's the whole i give up the alcohol right or hey i realize it's the problem so let's just mm. say i realize it's a problem whether it's alcohol whether it's drugs a lot of it right to the, mm. the the problem and i and i give it up you know we were able to f- foresee there's a problem and mm. give it up sometimes intervention needs to happen but what you're not told either and i know you're uh, have a guy you've gone through this and myself was hey giving it up doesn't resolve the issue it literally just leaves you at the bottom right <laughs> yeah. so you start at the bottom so it's like cool i'm gonna give up alcohol and i'm gonna lose all this bravado and all the stuff yeah but literally, you start like in the hangover, like the hangover state. Like you don't know how to react. Your mental health's all over the place. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was, uh, you know, like I said, when I was twenty-one, she's oh, let's just say less than two decades, less than two <laughs> decades ago, right? None of this mental health stuff was around. So it was like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. How do I react? How do I interact with people? So giving up the vice is great, mm. but in the first instance, your mental health takes a bloody beating yeah and a lot of people aren't prepared for it and i think that because there's not the knowledge of it you go through and go no stuff this i'd rather take the vice than yeah. worry with my own um, demons because also by giving up the alcohol i don't have to think as much yeah i don't have to worry as much or yeah. i can hide as well behind it yeah no it's always the um any vice mm-hmm. that goes for it's the easiest option because it's it's readily available yeah. and it means i remember just the amount of work at the start you had to do. And there's a lot of, well, that you create in your head that doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, what if they think this? What, and that, and your anxiety. Right. Yeah, completely. And especially in a world and culture that we live in where you're judged if you don't drink. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy that uh, if you don't drink, people are like, why? Yeah. Well, and they feel that they can ask you the question mm-hmm. why. Like, that's it. Like, because there could be a multitude of reasons why you're not drinking. Um, and yeah, it's it is it's hard it's it's hard work. The initial process of it is hard work. I said it's like, as they say, when you go for an interview or something, mm. and it's like, right, okay, imagine yourself naked in front of the and you, they're, or they're all naked. It's the opposite way around. Mm. You feel you feel stripped of every bit of armor that you've put on yourself to protect yourself, and you're just there going, right. I mean, I'm living in a world that is alcohol based mm. and driven, and I'm going against it, but I'm doing it because I'm doing it for me. But who am, who am I? Yep. You end up being kind of laid there being like, actually, who who am I? Because for years, from well, from the age of 17, I was this other person. Mm-hmm. I was the – but when you're sober, you don't want to get up on tables and start <laughs> dancing, do you know what I mean? So um, there's a lot of – yeah, there's a lot to unpack with it on that yeah. side of things. There's, um, and it'll be different for everybody else, do you know what I mean? There'll be things that I've done – it's everybody's – People use alcohol for so many different Reasons. crutches. Yeah, completely. And it's like I've said before, it works initially for a lot of these things for if you lose somebody. Mm-hmm. if you and But then it's a certain point where you use that crutch, but if you're using that crutch all the time, it wears. So, And there's a certain point where when the crutch doesn't fit anymore, how it, it starts affecting you mm-hmm. and it starts affecting. And I, I use the analogy of, literally a crutch and you've injured your leg and you've got this crutch under your arm but once it's worn then you're actually doing more damage to mm-hmm. yourself than than good um so yeah it's very there's there's heaps to try and look at you have to look at 
I, you, for me, I had to look at every aspect of my life uh, and I had to find the joy and what did I enjoy mm-hmm. again? Because I used to think I enjoyed drink and I didn't. I enjoyed the escapism and that was the big part of it. And it was actually being able to go back and go, right, okay, what things do I love? What things make me happy? What 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 gives me peace? Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, so... What did, so what did you replace? So obviously you're talking about is you wanted escapism and the experience and stuff that the alcohol did. Mm. From working through it, is, have you replaced those those moments with other situations in your life now so you no longer feel the need of, hey, I need to go to the pub and rage. Yeah. Uh, I go down and I go for a bike ride. or like It's funny because you see in, the, in culturally the people that have made this shift have found something to fill it with. Yeah. Because you always, as a human, you still need to fill you, – you, yeah. you need to understand the void, yeah. but then you need to fill the void with yeah. good stuff pretty yeah. much. Yeah, no, definitely. I think – I got really into well-being and mm. all those kind of well-being books. I was like, right, give me another one. I'll read this. Here we go. I've got to pray now and all. <laughs> just go, <laughs> going through it all. I became a, I, I became slightly Buddhist pray. in the whole pro, 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 process of it all. Uh, but yeah, no, I think um, I looked at a lot of, I've started really looking at psychology. Right mate fills my time. I mm-hmm. fill my time now with service for others, I think, mm. generally. I think I was so self-indulgent when I drank and it was all about me, all about all my videos then were all about, or, or saying that right mate, it's pretty much yeah. about me, but, but all the videos were just like very depressing when I look back at them now because it's it's I can see that there's nothing behind the eyes, yeah. uh, that I'm pretty empty. I'm just kind of like a vessel moving about the place, whereas now I've completely changed it and it, rather than think it, and it helps with my anxiety mm-hmm. completely is about not what I can do for myself, but what can I do for others? And that, that fills my time and that makes me really happy. Yep. And that makes me feel like I'm worse. Cause when I was drinking, I felt like I had no worth yep. and I felt, and once the drink, it, once I got to my limit with drink, then I'd be smashing cocaine all the time. And mm-hmm. then that, and it was just that complete trying to fill the void, literally mm-hmm. what you're speaking of. And, but now I do it by just doing wholesome shit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Total opposite. Yeah. But I also, I'm I'm so self-aware now in the fact that I know when I, I, I really work on a basis of internal and external. So whatever I'm doing externally, whether that's socializing, mm-hmm. uh, giving my time to people, work, anything like that. I'm also very, like, what can I do for myself? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll go and read a book now. I'll go and do a bit of, like, meditation or a bit of... I've got a shack team at at the moment, which is the most painful thing ever. But it's I'm, I enjoy it. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I lie on it, and it and it just gives me that kind of headspace just to be like, right, that detachment. So I can, mm. and I think that was important when I was drinking. It was all external. Everything was external. It, people, what it was somebody's birthday, right? I'll go out for their birthday. And mm. Although that was kind of enabling me, I w- it was it was for everybody else, but for my own gain. Yeah. Whereas now I do it for everybody else because I want to see their gain a little bit more. And that gives me, yeah, that's kind of how I filled it. So, so the, so the hard question to you at the moment, yeah. um, from going through it, what do you think we've got to do culturally to shift, not to shift, um, society and say, and become non-drinkers, but percep- percep- shift the perception that I need it. Or I need it for strength, or I need it for bravery or bravado, yeah. or I need to build it as part of my relaxation stuff. What do you think we've got to do culturally at the moment to try and education. Co- um, break those break those holds? Yeah, education, one hundred percent. I think it comes down to 
So at the moment, I'm trying to work towards working with more 16 to 20 year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before that, it's like culturally and stuff. It's it's hard to judge because I still think there's still quite a big division mm-hmm. uh, between um, lower income households, yep. higher and all that kind of. There's it's a there's a whole spectrum of it, but I think um, between that kind of 16 and 20 age we need to be able because i think people are spat out Mm -hmm. by the educational system and if they're not going on to university and all those things it's like right okay be a man or be a woman this Mm -hmm. is and this is what's defined by that and all this um so i think it's really important that we maybe even before 16 get into schools and it's about how you deal with anger how you Mm -hmm. deal with trauma how you deal with things and and just opening up the conversation more and talking more and doing doing more like that. I think culturally, mm-hmm. I think it's it's a, a fight uphill because of marketing and there's no money in these companies for us being sober. Yeah. Um, but I think the input, the science, just the science of it all as well, the importance of what it does to your sleep, yeah. what it does to you is so alcohol's liquid and fat soluble, mm-hmm. so it means it affects your whole body. Um, so I definitely, there's big things like, I think there should be, if we're going to put, uh, pictures on cigarette packets, I think by God, we should have it having pictures on drinks and stuff of what it does to you. Because what we see on the outside is just like the tip of the iceberg. It's what's going, what it's doing to our brains. It's what it's doing to us physically without us even seeing it. Mm -hmm. And then we're curious to why, why we're getting cancer so much and stuff like that. And I think alcohol is a real big, um, big part in that hugely i think there's a lot that it's like well it's connected to seven different types of cancer Mm -hmm. that they know of um there's all yeah there's just so so many things but i think culturally it's it's a a hard one i think it's about um it's about getting there early rather Mm -hmm. than just giving it's all right for people like me and you now and giving tools to help and being there to support but it's to get people before they jump into the river yep earlier on and i think it it has to start education and make creating spaces for which if you're feeling angry what to do Mm -hmm. what 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 we do emotionally because like you said just before we're not connected as a society anymore really apart from on phones and Mm -hmm. stuff and i think that's why there's a lot of lost people out there and a lot of lonely people Mm -hmm. out there is due to the fact that people aren't talking just generally like yeah. but like down the road like it was crazy coming to new zealand and people saying hello to me when i was walking <laughs> down the road uh in the uk everybody just kind of if you smile at somebody prepare to get punched in the face yeah. uh and yeah so i think it's be it's that kind of it's, it's hard it's trying to it's, it's going into like phones and stuff down technology mm-hmm. but it's about how we can find ways to disconnect from that and reconnect with ourselves uh and i think it has to start at schools now because kids have got phones yeah so if they don't see how they can let, let out their anger apart from using an emoji or using something down that kind of line or just putting a real a meme or something up mm-hmm. then i don't know how they're going to be able to come out of that and then if they're and it's the it's the most readily available way drug to get yeah. to cure your anger, <laughs> sadness, all that. Although, obviously, the more you do it, the, the worse, worse, it it, worse it gets. Yeah, oh, totally. It, it is such. It is such a crazy one. You know, culturally, uh, you know, 
16, 17, that's almost really embedded. Not that you legally can, but let's let's not let's not beat around the bush. At 16, everyone's drinking anyway, right? Yeah. Um, and they're, they're picking it up, and, and it's what they've learned from. And, and so true is it's not us educating kids about don't drink. It's about us educating kids about how to handle their society situations where they might find themselves depressed or anxious or social anxiety, um, not fitting in, because then they lead to something. They need something, right? They need a way out and alcohol, drugs, um, um, hurting themselves, self-harm mm. is one of those ways out that we see in society and then they, they build their relationship. Um, I also see... I think there might be we might be in a partial shift at the moment where a lot of our teenagers um, role models we're seeing at the moment um, having a real big pivot shift in their perception out to the wider world. So I don't know if you remember, like in the nineties, you would have had all the sports stars sitting there in interviews with beers, yeah. right? They'd been sitting there not because they were paid to do it, just because they wanted to do it. Yeah, I mean. Um, uh, I've spoken about um, Israel Adesanya quite a few times. He did a press conference, when was it last year or the year before, where they had an energy drink on it and he kicked it off the table because he wanted a bottle of water. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Monster Energy and it was a big mm. hoo-ha about that. And so now we're seeing this big shift of, hey, in some of those key areas, um, in some of the sports, the sports stars are now pivoting to what is better for them because actually, funny enough, the sports stars of today are different to the sports stars of the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> I look at I look at uh, you know the genetics and the training of a union or league boy now, and I go and look at footage of the nineties, and it's literally like the guys would have a shot of whiskey and a beer before going on the game and playing, <laughs> yeah. like at national level, right? Yeah, where now it's like a science and everything else. So I'm wondering in that in that space where we where that culturally fed a lot of it down, we're seeing that pivot, but we're still going to bring up the other corner where we spoke about the the mental health skills so they don't jump to the alcohol or the drugs per se to give them that, that way out. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's, um, yeah, they are. And I think it's it's great seeing it when like Adesanya does stuff like that. Like you're saying, I remember see it it was like i think it was like a substitution for england rugby and he'd like like having a cigarette on the side mm. just like before he goes on but um yeah i think the more the more that celebrities can stay true to themselves and what what's good for them rather than mm. plug it but money talks as well mm. so i think it's um yeah the more we can do with that and the more that um these kind of stars can implement these changes and also I think it's good doing things like that, but as, as we were saying, it's them being more open about mm. how they deal with their anger or their sadness or their and what what they do. And I think it's just it's about that general chat mm-hmm. that they that they have to. That kids look up to them. Yeah. I look up to them. Do you mm. know what I mean? I see players, and if they're saying do something, I'm not gonna. Sometimes they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'll go and get buy that product, or I'm gonna do that." But I think it's. Um, yeah, it's just hugely important that we just open up that kind of space to which there's more options out there available for kids to be able to vent mm-hmm. in a in a productive way as well, not just in a non-antisocial way as well. Yeah, awesome. Um, thanks so so much for that, Guy. And you know, as we're coming sort of to the end of today's show, you now is there anything we want you want to just leave the the listeners or the viewers with sort of like a last point around this that 
just so they can think about it over the next couple of days or, you know, if they're struggling with something or something's holding on to them? Yeah, I think um, be true to you. I think it's important that it's if you've got an issue with alcohol, drugs, uh, any vice in particular, mm-hmm. that it's it's key to open up and don't be scared of who you actually are mm-hmm. and just trust trust in that because a lot of people will love that more than they love the person that you think they love. Yeah, awesome. Um, and where can people find you online? Uh, so Instagram's the best one for at RightMateNZ. Mm-hmm. Uh, on there, I just give tools and tips for how to for mental health, um, for alcohol, alcohol and drug use. Uh, and if I don't know, I point people in the mm-hmm. right direction with that as well. Awesome. Thanks for that, um, Guy. And as always, I say when we end off the show, as much as it sounds really cheesy in that, I don't go hit into my show and say, hey, if you like this, hit the like and subscribe, you know, because um, I don't really care about those. What I try and say at the end of it is if there's something that Guy had to say, or of myself had to say, if there's a situation that you're going through that you're struggling with, if there's a vice, irrespective of what that vice is, that you feel you need some help with, please reach out to myself or to Guy. And as he says, we're happy to guide you in the right direction, give you some insights. We've both gone through it. We've both gone through these experiences um, and understanding one side to the other side uh, and some of the tools that you might need. So please um, think about that. If there's someone you're also aware of, just – Give them some bullshit reason. Go, hey, you should listen to this podcast. <laughs> it's amazing because they're talking yeah. about something else and try to sucker them in to listen to it. Yeah. And then they might be able to lead into that conversation post they're having a listen or a watch of it uh, pretty much um, to say, hey, maybe we need to help you out and uh, we take those next steps forward. But always at uh, the end of the day out there, please stay safe, stay beautiful. And as always, see you next time. <laughs>